last episode, Jack, you said that if I listened, sorry, uh, watched that trailer about the little girl. Oh, yeah. Um, against Kevin James, um, we joked about what if I come by liking it. And unfortunately, the worst has come to worst, and I do think it looks kind of fun. Yeah, I think it looks bad, but fun. <laughs> it's also, as we know, uh, the community movie. Uh, because it stars Joel McHale playing himself, oh, yeah, uh, a character called that. Jeff. I, I forgot about that. <laughs> the I character in the movie. Yeah, the character in the movie is also called Jeff, so, you know, it quite clearly is the community movie, and there's nothing we can do to change that. And I'm ready for it. Yeah, we can't um, stand against uh, I hope. It, can you imagine if it is a prequel? So Kevin Kevin James escapes from that situation, um, and then James uh, James and then Jeff is like tasked with uh, hunt, no, this, hunting him down. This is the situation in which the fact that Jeff isn't a real lawyer comes to light. Is that what you're trying yeah. to say? It'll either be a prequel or a sequel. But if it's a sequel, <laughs> Jeff's like, I have to hunt this down. I have to hunt this guy down. I can't do it myself. And he gathers the gang back, so he gets Troy off of his crews. Um, etc. You know, all that stuff. I mean, actually, we may as well talk about it. Have you seen? Uh, I think it was quite recent news that they were talking about how, um, right. Well, obviously not anymore with the coronavirus, but like after the coronavirus is the most likely time that we might get a film uh, from the community. Yeah, I saw loads of speculation that there were talks of it. Like everyone was saying that a lot of the cast members were agreeing to do one. Like, mm-hmm. they, they were, like so, before it was they would like to do one, but then they were agreeing to do one and stuff, so... That and the situation with the Russos, the fact that they're willing to do one as well. Uh, I think Dan's willing to as well. And because obviously the Russos have just come off of like Avengers, I think they're actually not doing any of the new films yet, the new Marvel films, so it would be available for it. And obviously... You, know, you can kind of throw the Russos and Dan Harmon's name around, and a lot of the community casts like big fucking stars now. You know, you got like Donald Glover, yeah, and Alison Brie. Um, I don't see why they couldn't do it. <laughs> I mean, what? Um, like, I. What do you think? Those who don't know, community is a sitcom that we really like. Sorry, go. On. What do you think it would entail? Like, do you think it'd be a paintball? Do you think it'd be a darkest time? No, thing? No, no, no. It, or would it be unique? I think it would have to be. This is the thing: is I was actually listening to the Darkest Timeline podcast, which is John McHale and Ken Young, or is it Jong? I think it's saying Jong on the podcast, which I, you know, I've been saying his name wrong the whole time. But he was talking about how, um, like, and I, I agree with him completely. So everyone like. Punch of the paintball episodes of Community is like some of the best episodes because they're like gimmicky, and I disagree, and he disagrees as well. And uh, even the D and D episode, the same thing. Like the story being told through the lens of a gimmicky episode, and like character development happens in the funniest episodes of Community, and like it sort of goes under the radar because of how funny the episodes are. But he's right. Like the paintball episodes really do deal with a lot of like character shit. Like, you know, one of them's about the relationship between uh, Jeff and Britta, one's about, like, Annie and uh, Pierce. But, like, 
I think the movie would have to be a, a really nice fine balance of the classic stuff. You know, the really like, um, like I don't know how to describe it, um, like over the top wacky like humour. But it also needs to be that classic sort of. I don't know, I want some finality to the characters. I definitely think Pierce should have faked his death, and that's like how he comes back in the film for sure. We're gonna, do you reckon they'd even be able to get Chevy Chase to come back? I think if they do, they'd be very lucky. Yeah, he's, he's, he's rocking. Notoriously an asshole. Yeah, he's rocking 76 years old and fucking hates it. Does he hate everyone? Least he could do a cameo. Yeah. Yeah, he just hates everyone in general. He's apparently always kind of been relatively hard to work with. Apparently. <laughs> I just um, I've searched up to check whether his name was Chevy Chase, and the top search thing is what is wrong with Chevy Chase? <laughs> oh right, I thought he meant because he was a why he's always angry, but he, gen- he genuinely has a condition. Never mind. Oh, like an angry condition. He had he was diagnosed with alcohol cardio cardio cardiomyopathy. If that's how you pronounce mm. it. I just thought that was in relation to why he's such an asshole all the time, but he's genuinely diagnosed with that. Got a condition. Sure. Basically, okay. a weakening of heart muscles from alcohol abuse. This is completely unrelated, but yeah. I just thought it was well, funny that makes me feel kind of bad. What is wrong with Chevy Chase? I thought they were meaning them. Why? Why? Why does he hate everyone? Moving on. I'm... <laughs> Go on. You, have you got something you want to speak about? Go on. Um. Do you re- how do you think uh, Donald Glover will handle it? He because he went through like a, a big phase of like with his music, he was just always terrified of people hating his music. Do you reckon his acting will have changed? I think Donald Glover is like always been like he's a very human guy like yeah. he's very honest about the fact that he's fucking terrified of people hating shit and like i really appreciate that um but again same podcast they were talking about how he didn't show up to like this big vulture reunion thing um but he managed to come to the dinner afterwards yeah just Je- joel McHale just called him and he's like yeah i'm on my way let's go and it's so cute hearing them talk about like how much of a family they are after the show, especially because in that show, like a major component of it is like how wonderful the group dynamic is and how much you kind of feel a part of that family. I, I do, like, I do think it will it will suffer from like a, just Chevy Chase not being there. as much of a dick as he was. Yeah, he was. I, he, I think, he was very funny. I think minimum they could get him to cameo, sure. It'd, like, it'd either be a massive paycheck or there'd be some like even if it's a background bag, gag where yeah. he's like faked his death and they keep he keeps being in the background as like I don't know like a homeless man it's like when like when something. Arved was in the background of a cougar town or whatever it was yeah but he's just, he's in the back of every shot <laughs> running <laughs> running episode, towards the camera uh, and the episode where Abed is in the background giving. Uh, so helping deliver a baby as well. Yeah. Like he's just in the background of the whole episode, like doing that stuff. I wouldn't put it past him to do background gag like that. Um, and I think, <laughs> I think they could get him in briefly, but I don't think he would do a proper film. I think he's done film for a long time, actually. I think they could definitely get Donald Glover though, yeah. because some for for I think it was a charity stream. I'm not 100 percent sure on this. But a charity stream, they got everyone. 
except from Chevy Chase, to come back for a reading. Basically, they were just reading through episodes. So he was willing to do that. So I don't see why he wouldn't be willing to do a movie at all. I can't see any reason why. Like, I think if they're going to do it, they need to have the characters of age the same amount as they have in real life. If you know, I know that Annie wasn't yeah. playing her actual age, but you may as well have it be that. Because she, she went to like join the FBI and stuff, didn't she? Like, you can't just have that stuff. Do you reckon it'll be you, at the community college? It 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 has to have. I know it has to have the Dean Pelton in for me. Hundred percent. I, I just it has it to have to all the old cast, but just not be at the community college. The community will, the college will be involved, a hundred percent, because obviously they've got to go back and get Jeff Mott back. They, they're still all at the college, as yeah. far as we know. But I think it should, you know, it being a film, it should go up above and beyond that, and it should be something bigger. That's what I would want, personally. As cringe as it may be, I hope it ends with Jeff finding out that the uh, degree he got from uh, the community college wasn't valid and he has to go to a different community (laughs) college. (laughs) And there's just really budget rip-offs of everyone there. (laughs) And it has to end with the same, like, guitar solo. That's how you know the, the community episode was a good emotional episode when it ends with that guitar solo bit. What, what do you mean? <laughs> the the bit that goes boom, 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 boom. That was an awful example. But yeah. <laughs> I'll send it. I still don't know what you mean. Um. <sighs> oh wait, before you say on those script read-throughs, guess who they got to replace Chevy Chase though? Who? The guy who plays the Mandalorian. Uh, Pedro Pascal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I think I think he was anyway. He, he was always on the lineup, and I'm assuming that Dan Harmon, because Dan Harmon was there, I'm assuming he was narrating. And then, <laughs> um, what's his name again? I keep forgetting it. Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal. I assume he was playing, you know, whether it be uh, Pierce or you know one of the various other like extra members of the group. Yeah. <laughs> it just made me laugh like. It's just such an odd stand-in, but like you know, whatever. Fair enough. Uh, so you're gonna move on to the next, uh, like the next part of the podcast. Go on. Um, real quickly, I've just, uh, I've just sent you the the guitar solo I was on about. In the. All right. Okay. So you can listen to that. Oh yes, 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 yes. You know, you mean like the emotional. Yeah. The really emotional theme. Always. And then, and, then, and, then, yeah, and then it goes. Okay, yeah, no, that is actually the best. That, that is how you know it was a good episode, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> you know they're all reconciling with each other. 100%. Um, so, I just want to really briefly say, like, next week we're watching Stalker. I'm pretty excited, I don't know if you know anything about it at all. I don't know. Is it the 1979? Yes. Um, I don't know what it's about either, and that's the way I want to keep it. I want us to go in completely blind and just be like, Fair enough. what the fuck? <laughs> All I saw was a um, giant fuck-off head on a poster, so... I think it might might be posted apocalyptic. I'm not sure about that. Might be it looks like some Megamind R18 version from the poster. <laughs> <laughs> I highly doubt that joke. 
Although, I mean, Mega Mind should be on the list sometime. I fucking love it. Of course, but I feel like with it being a national treasure, everyone should have already watched a Mega Mind by now. That's very true. But we could still do a critique and a breakdown of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's no reason we can't do 10 out of 10 film in, in, <laughs> okay, in that so. case we have to get Neil Breen uh, okay, some, no, that's true. some yeah. Neil Breen reviews because he his is notoriously uh, his films are notoriously better than the film we're about to review 1979 that's true. 1917 I don't know where 1979 came from <laughs> well it came from Stalker because that's when that came out yeah there we go <laughs> but 1917 okay. First, first question, what was your rating for it? An 8. If I'm going out of 10 with no like points, mm-hmm. like decimal points, just an 8 for me. See, I think this is better because I, I give it a 7, right? And I think it's actually more intriguing to understand a very slight difference in rating than an enormous, like if I give it a 1 and you give it an 8, like that's, uh, that's just like sounds a little bit more subjective to me. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I just don't like the movie yeah. kind of thing. Um, Re- so I'm pretty glad they're quite close together. Really quick. Could be worse. Really quick. Because uh, mm-hmm. in terms of range, I feel like a lot of people think like a five is an awful rating. No. Five no. is a, five is just a de- it's a decent good rating. Well, this is the thing is um, at some point. You know, there's this little teaser of an episode we're going to do something. We're going to come up with our own rating system. And I was going to suggest to you, and I want to see how you feel now on the podcast. I feel like all ratings of films should start at 5 out of 10. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It should. As, and it's like, it's basic competency makes it a 5. Um, and things can take away or add to the 5. For me, like a, um, a 5 and a 6, I'd say is pretty, pretty good. A 7 is a strong good. Then in like five and six is like it does the job it ends yeah essentially yeah i agree even a seven for me is that like only when i'm getting to like eight nines does that become this movie is like something i personally think you have to watch yeah um no i've never rated a film of 10 because i just like just on my own principle don't believe in perfect films at all bar, bar every neil breen film well, Neil Breen, because I mean, you just can't even judge something so uh, interpretable through an artistic lens. It's just beautifully crafted, beautifully made. Um, as you can tell by my inflection of voice, that's ironic. And we will watch the Breen films at some point for a podcast if we have to. They're incredible. And I actually want, in that podcast, us to get live recordings of all of us watching it and see what everyone thinks of it. <laughs> I, mean, I, can't I think people's opinions are important when it comes to bringing films, 100%. Um, so yeah, I wanted to, I think we both mutually agree on this one. Uh, 1917 is worth a watch. Yes. It's, 100%, I, I think it is. It's, um, cool. it's just, it is just a nice watch. Like, most people, when you say to watch 1917, they'll go, I don't like war films. And then when they watch it, not that much of a war film in a sense. I mean, it is a war film, but the story itself yeah. isn't, uh, I guess, what you call a war story. Is it? I, I think actually, yeah, like, I want to know who you specifically think should be watching this, like, in your opinion. I think just... Eh, anyone that's 
Who really, will like it more? You know people I mean? that are really into film, uh, like uh, cinematography, from a technical way. Yeah, um, would kind would enjoy <laughs> this film quite a bit. You'll also be the ones to pick out where it's clear that um, the that the cuts <laughs> are clearly happening because they are pretty obvious yeah. when you pay attention. Um, well, I, th- I don't think you can do a one take type no. thing without that being obvious. No. But if it's any consolation, I don't think it's a takeaway. I know I've heard a lot of people complaining about it. For um, me, it didn't really take anything. I think if if the person that was making it or the people or the all the film critics were like, "Man, this one shot is absolutely impeccable. This is what the film's all about. Yeah. All of it being done in one shot." Then yeah, you'd rinse it kind of. But the main part of it is just it, the main part of the one shot is to keep the tension. Which it, I mean, for I me, think it we should talk about like a, a key component of the film is the one shot vibe. Yeah, and I've heard a lot of people complaining about the technical element, because, but I don't really care. Like honestly, for me, technical elements do not bring a film down unless there's just no value in the film whatsoever. If there's no inherent value to the film, the technicals all of a sudden become an issue. So, like a really good video about that is. Um, why CG is ruining movies or something like that on Freddy W, uh, but in brackets, or is it? And it's like a video essay talking about how, like, it doesn't fucking actually matter, like, if your film is, like, technically flawless, um, if it's shit. <laughs> like, no one cares if your CGI looks fucking incredible. Like, it doesn't, look, it doesn't really care. Matt, like, Transformers has some of the best CG in existence. And I know for a fact that doesn't matter to most people. And it doesn't to me. Like, I just enjoyed Transformers for a fun laugh. I don't think they're a good film. I would never argue that. Like, I think they're fun to watch for me. But I understand why other people don't want to watch them. And the technical stuff really doesn't redeem them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, okay. So here's my, what I want to know. My opinion, the long takes helped the film. Um, it created this feeling of like, for one thing, one of the positives I think of the film is that it feels like you're on the ground the whole time with those people. Yeah, you're constantly in them. I guess for when you are supposed to be, you are genuinely constantly uh, terrified. Mm-hmm. And I think the long take is an enormous tool in the toolbox for that feeling. Yeah. Um and that is a large reason why I preferred the film a lot more than I thought I would. Um, like I say, I went into this film like not, not super hyped to watch it. Um, I know you had a lot more of a positive outlook because you just love war films full stop, especially like World War One and World War Two films. Um, I will say that I went into it expecting it to be just kind of mediocre and to it to be just like completely visual and like me to not really feel anything but I think it actually brings me into like my favourite scene has to be for definite like the last little bit oh, you know it, the bit where he's the, trying the, to rush yeah. to Benedict Cumberbatch you're trying to get through all the crowds and shit. Like that scene, like my heart was pounding a bit. I was like, "Fuck, 
oh my god, he needs to get there quick. Like, I actually felt it. I felt the mission, which is actually quite rare in war films for me. One of, uh, um, I don't know if it's my best, but one of my favourite scenes from it is um, where it just pans around uh, the guy that's singing, then it zooms in back on Schofield or the main guy. And he just does, he doesn't blink at all. He just gen he hasn't slept in ages. He just looks completely mm. exhausted and just depressed as can be. Yeah, I think that, that is like again that's that that scene that you're talking about. Not particularly the scene, but the idea that he you know you can see him gradually get more and more like just destroyed as it goes on, and then that final push becomes so much more dramatic because you know what's been through. And those long takes help that because it exhausts you a little bit more, like rather than it condensing time like crazy. You know, you see it very much from his perspective, and it's kind of technically in real time, obviously, um, except from the bit in the middle. And it works really well to help you feel just as tired as he does. Um, not that it's boring. I don't think it's ever boring, um, which I was surprised by. I, I genuinely was surprised by. It. I think. Both characters, you know, spoilers for the film, both characters at the start of the film are like very likeable um, for different reasons. Uh, and I think the main character was a like, Schofield was very like much an interesting main character, especially considering how shitty World War One was. Uh, he sort of, I don't know, it's weird to. I think a lot of people don't give enough credit to the characters. I don't know about you, because you go on. What do you think about characters? I I just liked the um. You had one, uh, I think it was Dean Charles Chapman's character who was the one who was essentially glorifying the um the mm -hmm. the rewards. So he's like, oh, why yeah. don't you keep your ribbons, your medals? And then Schofield is the opposite of well, I. I don't, they're just medals, they're just pieces of ribbon. I don't really care for yeah, them. Yeah, they do. I think that works well, because you can clearly tell that um, one one is really invested in sort of the war and trying to make sure they win. And then yeah. the other one, Schofield, he is, he is interested in the war, obviously he does want to win, but it's more, he just, he just doesn't really want to go home. He can't go home from what he's seen. And then them working that, off on another. It's just story. about survival, isn't it? As yeah. Well? Like the Schofield. It's not about like getting rewarded for the survival or like winning the war. It's just about fucking surviving. Full yeah. Stop. Um. Sorry, go on. I was I was just go gonna on. say I think uh, one of the biggest parts for me as well though is um the music. I think without the mm. music for me it dropped to like a five. I agree. I think sometimes there was too much. Yeah. Now and then. Only um, now and then. Like, I like it besides sometimes when it would take away. Like, sometimes the silence was, like, the scary part, and they would, like, sometimes ruin it with music. The I'm, music itself is good, I think. I'm a sucker for music, so that's, that's my guilty yeah. pleasure. <laughs> Just like, I don't um, know, what, what's your guilty pleasure in film? In film, for me, it's like, uh, it's essentially ASMR. So like perfect sound design. Um, oh okay. Perfect sound design and like perfect visual because there's such thing as visual ASMR and it just makes me tingle all over like when I watch because that's how I make film. If I'm like 
choreographing or designing a scene. I want everything to be like really measured movements and shit, like because it makes me feel very satisfied to watch. Um, so like, there's a lot of scenes in this where I'm like, oh my god, it's making me all tingly just watching it. Um, but personally, like my guilty pleasure in film is just when everything comes together, so the visuals, the sound, yeah. and the music, and the actor, just everything. Those were, like really sweet spots, like for example, the bit at the end with Rob Stark, like that <laughs> teared up at the end. To be honest, yeah, because like, it... everything sort of crescendos into one thing, and I know most would argue the music spoils it, but I was still going to tear up, so the music didn't really. When Why when when you find when he's finally he's still shouting his name and then you finally get a response and you're like finally. <laughs> but um, how did you feel about the cameos? I did like all the cameos. I just I think they, they were, were pretty like... pointless. They could have gotten anyone. Yeah. I feel That's like it was, was more. Thinking. I feel like it was more. Look who we can get. Yeah, like yo, you're British. Yeah. Do this for all the British stuff. I thought they were quirky. They don't add to it for me in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> They're not like the other cameos. Is that what well, I don't get why they needed um, Benedict Cumberbatch for the very end of the film. Or like <laughs> you said, Rob Stark for the very end of the film. I think he just did Bro. it because he couldn't do it. So it's a good if he'd have just like, carried on that attack. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm can you imagine if he still carried on the attack? What a dickhead. Fuck off. Fuck off back to Baker Street, you freak. But, um, <laughs> British freak. Um, I, I was I was thinking this uh, on a walk earlier. I was thinking about, like, people complain about this film having, like, not enough character development. And I'm like, I don't know how much you can do in real time where... I don't know, for me... They're, they're very kinda... real and grounded characters. Like, what more... Yeah character development it is clear like this may be stupid to say but it is clear the main the main point of the film is is the getting from a to b that was clearly set and then they've sort of uh, they, they sort of added this extra stuff the second point will be the two characters and how they deal with the journey across so it's how they it's how they deal with the journey or it's how their yeah. story develops on the journey you, like their backstory still is very important, but you don't want it to be full of flashbacks and everything. I mean, you wouldn't be able to get that in this film anyway. I think I think if they added any more, or yeah, especially fucking flashbacks, that would have made me cringe. I think. Um, I feel like you, they do a lot of showing don't tell, and that's why I love about it. Like, yeah. people can say what they like about the characters, but I don't. I think adding any more to these characters would one have taken away from the film yeah it might be, I don't know it's one of these things where sometimes I think to myself like I don't know I just have empathy for, empathy for them anyway I don't need to know that you've got a family and shit I just need to know he's in a war and I've got enough empathy to want to follow him and understand what he's going through and I think I think the ex- you're supposed to learn about his character via the experience like the fact that he just goes through it does it thanklessly and does it just because he's got to survive and he's got to do what he's got to do to get home, like if if they know. started adding it's loads, if they started adding loads of character development, you'd just feel disconnected. Because from the pretty much from the start, it is just you have twenty four hours, which I guess in film mm-hmm. time, in film time, that's that's pretty short. It would have just felt so manufactured this. as well. Yeah. 
So you, you do um, learn bits about them, but too much, and you just feel very disconnected. Yeah. So your favourite scene was the singing scene? That was one. What was the I'd have one? to say... My favourite scene... Would either be the very last scene... Or... Yeah. Um... The, the, the bit where he runs to Benedict Cumberbatch. Mm-hmm. Or it's that is de- definitely my favourite. Or it's dependent on mood, but I feel like this will probably be your your worst scene. Is the bit where mm-hmm. he wakes up from the injury on the head. But I think. How did you know that? But I think How? because the reason it's one of my favourites is the music, and I feel like it'll be one of your worst. No, because see, I I understand why you would think that's why ah, I didn't okay. like it. Uh, it's a bit more complex than that. So like, this this film is shot by Roger Deakins. He was a cinematographer, and it's. Dude, the film is quite flat until that fucking night scene. It looks fucking beautiful the whole time, with the fucking flares going up, and it looks incredible. Like that was the kind of stuff giving me a little bit of ASMR, like tingles and shit. Um, but that was also where a lot of the issues of it being a one take came for me. So I don't know how you felt about it, but. And I know of the period of the time, they probably weren't that accurate anyway. But I was just like, he, he should have been shot. The yeah. amount of times that they're like running towards him and there's nothing in the way, they're just shit shots. And yeah. I understand that the whole feeling of war is that you were just fucking lucky. They, they have but the stormtrooper, the stormtrooper syndrome mm-hmm. where they can't hit you with anything. Yeah, and the stormtroopers ain't till World War Two, so they need to not be in this film. Like that was that was a Nazi joke. In case you missed that one, chat. I just, I just, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, I just think personally that 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 whole bit in terms, like you're saying, the reason why it's a, a more mood dependent on why it'd be my favorite scene is if I'm more in just wanting to see it again. It'd be like my favourite scene because, like you said, it looks fucking amazing. If I think the weirdest it, part about it. Go on, sorry. It, like, if I was watching it, if I was showing it to someone else and I'd be like, oh, you'll like it because the story's good, that, or like mm-hmm. the whole screenplay is good, that would be like one of the worst scenes, like you said, because it's just. That's, that's where the main disconnect would happen. Because mm-hmm. you'd be like, surely he's dead by now. Surely he's shot by now. Yeah, that was kind of the thing that. Like the rest of it is very like uh, tense and on edge a lot of the time. So like, especially like that final scene, and I, I was on the edge for some of this, but like, I just kept thinking like, you'd be shot. He really would be. Like, yeah. it, there was no way that they were going to be missing from that fucking close. Why did none of them just stop and aim and shoot instead of running at him with a rifle? <laughs> like. It was so odd, and and I hate it because it would have been easily fixable. All you have to do is just make it so that like he gets around a corner at the last second. Do you know what I mean? Like, and that would have felt like a closer call, and it would have felt like he'd earned not getting hit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I saw some people say that he. Uh, uh, I think it's pretty pretty. If this was true, if he ever came out and said this was true, I think this would be awful. But some people said, to defend it, that he was imagining the whole thing because he had a head injury. Oh god, that's making me cringe even thinking about it. Can, can you, that would just make the film so much worse. 
Because people people were like, the, oh, the, flare, the flares represent just how confused he is because he doesn't know what time of day it is and he's just he's just all confused Ooh. and he's, he just has a bit, a bit of PTSD. One, that'd be pretty insulting. And then, really good, yeah. And then two, it'd, also be, it'd be pretty stupid. Kind of cringe because it'd be like that thing, that joke I make that technically every film in existence can be interpreted as uh, an allegory for uh, purgatory. Yes. <laughs> this one would be really bad for it because the idea of that is that any film that includes um, attempting to go to a place or become better cannot always be signified as heaven like no matter the film that will always be an available interpretation and that's why I fucking hate it when people like oh you can clearly see that this represents heaven and hell (laughs) and if they fail it's that they've gone to hell and that this media- middle ground is definitely purgatory. The flares represent angels going into the sky. Fuck off. Alright. Um... Fair enough. There's some interpretations that are about heaven and hell. Fair enough. But I even saw it for like the lighthouse and shit. Like, pisses me off. Alright? I can look, I can do it for Comfy Panda. I can do it for Comfy Panda. Right? So, Tai Lung. <laughs> lives in the pits of hell and he escapes into the world <laughs> right i think you i think you're pulling on stuff here who no, that, who, who have you no. been arguing to get this no 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 no, no 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 this is just me in general in the film community i'm just saying you can do it with literally anything like any film you can think of can be applied well not every film obviously so, some films kind of defy basic logic but uh, not basic logic, but conventional storytelling. But like, you can do it with a lot of films. Anything with a basic structure, you can do it. My take on it would be: Transformers 2: Revenge of the Fallen, Skids and Mudflap are purgatory. The Fallen is the one that rises from hell. And, uh, well, he's actually he's actually Lucifer because he starts off uh, yeah up in the in the moon, doesn't he? And yeah. then he descends to Earth. That's because he falls. That's his Lucifer falling from heaven, and he becomes a demon. There you go. Um, Sam Witwicky is Jesus. He dies and comes back to you life. Mean, you mean Ladies Man Two One One Seven? No, wait, sorry. Optimus Prime is Jesus. Sorry. Ladies Man Two One One Seven is Mary. <laughs> Listen, Optimus Prime dies and comes back to life. Does he not? In yeah, Revenge of the yeah. Fallen, he's Jesus. <laughs> Pissing myself off. <laughs> you can do it with anything. It pisses me off. Um, anyway, getting back off the sidetrack, did the bit with the the rat make you jump? Uh, which bit with the rat? Where he just fucking explodes. <laughs> the tripwire. Yeah. Um, not really. The two um, people I've seen it with it made them both <laughs> jump ever so slightly. You gotta remember, I was watching it on a laptop, so it's probably. Oh yeah, fair enough. In the cinema, it done. was like it had the Dunkirk thing in the cinema. Just everything was so loud. Was it like Interstellar? <laughs> yeah. Not, not, not as extreme as Interstellar, but yeah. You could at least hear the dialogue of the film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you think they ever fixed that on the DVD copies or not? I have no, cl- I have no clue, man. Because in I the just... cinema, you legitimately couldn't hear dialogue in the film. 
It, I think it's just Matthew McConaughey, in all honesty. Where's, no, where no, it generally wasn't. Were? It was actually the audio mix. Audio oh, okay. mixer. Generally was. But uh, as per Matthew McConaughey, Wiz was going in the stars and <laughs> wires to the, to the world, so we was gathering dust. Alright, alright, alright. And, and we. Time is a flat. <laughs> <laughs> Have you watched um, another, another just going off on one here? Have you watched uh, the the Black Tower? Oh, the Dark Tower. Dark Tower, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I, I have yes once. But it is very much faded from my memory because it's a forgettable film. Yeah, I thought I just, Matthew <laughs> McConaughey was so funny in it. I don't know why. When he was like, over here. <laughs> he was quite funny. Yeah. Over, over here. I'm a gone by over here. <laughs> Stop. Matthew McConaughey is such a like on and off actor. Like, some of his stuff is so bad and some of it's so good. Like, I mean, uh, I'm not a huge Matthew McConaughey fan, but uh, they talk about him a lot on the Tiny Meat Gang, uh, Tiny Meat Gang podcast. Like they rip into his social media because he's so cringe with <laughs> social media. <laughs> I'm gonna make you watch some of his videos sometime. <laughs> I, I recommend everyone goes and watches some of his cringy social media stuff because it's really bad. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> back on Go track on. with 1917. How was you improving? I was going to improve it. Um, I think the first thing would be that thing that I mentioned with like making the look feel more earned. Like him getting around corners just in time is more believable than they just fucking miss. You, like, could, you could you could swap um, you could swap around the uh, the the barbed wire bit and have mm-hmm. him have him do get shot, get shot. in some way. I, I would have said, like, one of the ones that sh- probably should have been get shot, but I think they were, they were trying to go with the level of realism that wouldn't allow for that. Yeah. Which is fair enough. Like, because, to be fair, if you get shot... Like, he, he could get shot He could get shot in, in the hand or lose a finger. I don't know. I don't know. I, I've, no, I've, I never been, I've never been shot in the hand or lost a finger, so I don't know how you'd actually cope with him. Really. I was going to say, like, I think you would have to as filmmakers we would have to research you know like what is a non-lethal shot that people have like fucking walked away from i think i don't think it is i think it's the shock that always like oh no i agree that's the thing there is definitely some that you can argue the adrenaline would push you through i think so like getting shot in the hand but your hand would be fucked like you wouldn't have to use the hand and if anything that would be great narratively because he's only got one hand the rest of the movie like how fucking scary would that be yeah um, like, did the, the the barbed wire thing play to anything? I actually can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> See, could, uh, that, that would be one of the yeah. main things. I think as well, like, uh, it was interesting because it would have like highlighted a lot more of Scarecrow's character. Like, the main part of Scarecrow's character is that like he's just fucking relentless. He's a bit like John Wicky. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's like, yeah. He just Not in pushing. terms of all the killing, but just the do- no, doing yeah. what needs to be done. Yeah. The willpower. Yeah. And I think that would have been an extra highlight as he just fucking moves through getting shot. Especially if you got him shot just before the river. Because um, that would have... It wouldn't Basically, if you'd have shot him in that situation, near the bit with the flares, it wouldn't have been long before he was back to the other group. Yeah, you so could you could been... you could have it where instead of just getting shot in the head and blacking out, he could have got shot 
in the the leg or something, and he spends that time. Oh, yeah, he did he, get shot, didn't he, he? Yeah, he but it like scraped his head because the helmet. But they 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 just use that as a cheap cut to then make it nighttime and have the cool epic flare scene. You could have him be shot. He patches up his leg, and then it'd show you how like he'd, he'd have managed to have hide this whole time. Mm. Or something like that. He could patch up his leg. Yeah. Well, you could move. You know the bit with the um the baby. Mm -hmm. the, the baby. You could move, bring that forward. Have him get shot in the leg by that person. He finds where she's hiding. He spends all that time getting patched up. And then he'd make the escape from uh, Akust, yeah. I think it was. Yeah, I think it was Akust, yeah. I think... Hmm. Yeah, I think that would fix it for the most part. I think as well, like, you know, use mu music a little bit more sparingly because a lot of tension in my opinion comes from silence rather than music yeah. music actually robs tension a lot sometimes um think but i guess it also begs to the point of i don't know for certain but it was based off of a true story so it depends oh, yeah, whether it's vaguely based on mendez's yeah. grandpa's it, story. it depends whether he wanted to stay true to it or just make it his own story if he wanted to stay true to it i mean if it's loosely based anyway i doubt it's yeah. deeply accurate to what happened but if he wanted um, to, if he wanted to stay true to it then maybe that person never did get shot maybe he insisted that maybe, yeah fair enough not. maybe but i, I guess that that's well, the drawbacks of if you always declare that it's realism yeah i don't, I don't know i think um, another thing that I was thinking about while I was watching it is I really badly wanted Schofield to say to <clears throat> Rob Stark, like, about I wanted him to tell his brother that he was trying to help someone on the other side. Like, yeah. I don't know why. I just think it was a very noble thing, <clears throat> although some would argue stupid, yeah. But I would argue it was more of a noble thing that he was doing, and it was. It would just, I don't know, I, if I was to find out that you know, one of my siblings died doing that, I'd be really fucking proud of him, to be honest, to look past the stupidity of war, especially the First World War, like, to help someone regardless. I think I'd want to know that, but that's just me. I think it would have added a little bit, just, to, I really like that scene anyway, I just think it would have added a hint more, do you know what I mean, like, emotionally. Yeah. Hey. He looks so sad when uh, spoilers when his <laughs> his 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 friend died, mm -hmm. and when he sat it, in the truck, he just looks so sad. Yeah, didn't make me kind of do a sad as well, <laughs> which is why I liked it a lot more than I expected. I didn't really expect to get emotionally affected by it at all, so the fact that I did, I think, made me enjoy it a lot more and think it was a lot more worth the time that I put into watching it. And it was also just a pretty beautiful movie in general, like, uh, visually, I think. But that's, you know, it's got Deacons. Deacons is, like, one of the best cinematographers ever. So, can't really, can't really uh, say that that wouldn't happen, really. It's just perfect when it comes to cinematography, if you ask me. On, uh, uh, okay. on the topic on. of the cast, would, uh, would you <coughs> cast Mark Strong as Mordecai from Borderlands? No, God no. <laughs> <laughs> at, least, at, least, at least that goes into our next topic. I was already about to segue into it. <laughs> what was your segue going to be? I, I don't know, I was just going to bring it up. Alright, Michael Caine as Brick. 
They should hear. <laughs> Michael Caine's head just CG'd onto some jacked dude. <clears throat> no, not CG. You just get jacked for the role. Hell yeah. But ba- basically, for those that don't know, it's e- Eli Roth in it. <clears throat> Yeah, which I'm not happy yeah. about. <laughs> yeah, no, neither am I. But he's doing it's a, a that bear. Bo- he's doing a Borderlands film. So you know who Eli Roth is, don't you? Uh, yeah. The, the guy uh, from Inglorious Bastards. The bad that, you. That. I I love I love that film. Mm-hmm. Glorious Bastards. <laughs> but you fucking hate him. <laughs> yeah. Really. <laughs> I don't mind him that much. I don't think he's that bad enough. I think he's a better actor than he is a director. Even though he's not a great actor. I don't. I. I can't honestly <laughs> tell you what it is. Like he's done nothing to make me hate him. He's got an annoying face. I think that genuinely is it. I just think his head is really <laughs> stupidly. See, that's how I feel designed. about uh, Cillian Cill- Cill- Cillian Murphy. I, I've always yeah. thought he had a really punchable face. Like his insanely <laughs> blue eyes. The way he just like he don't know. He just looks. He just looks a bit like a fucking crone. From the 16th century, to be honest. But um, um, yeah, I think it, his head is just so weirdly shaped. It's slanted at the top, and that's the only thing I can see. Killian Murphy or no Eli Roth? Eli Roth. <laughs> I, gen- I genuinely don't think there's anything <coughs> wrong with him. I just. That's <laughs> funny. What? Eli Roth's one of those weird directors who makes actors like simulate banging their wife. It's really weird. You know, like Helena Bonham Carter with yeah. Tim Burton and Johnny Depp. <laughs> but. <laughs> but it was Keanu Reeves in, <laughs> in Knock Knock, which is definitely do not recommend watching if you've not already seen it. Don't watch but, that film. But anyway, he's doing a Borderlands film. Mm-hmm. Who, who was the person who got cast? I want you to say that because I can't remember. Um, I've, uh, Kate Blanche. Kate, Kate Blanche? Okay, right. She's playing, playing Lily. Yeah. She's yeah, we talked about it very briefly. She's way too old for that role. I mean I know that sounds really mean. Actually then again, she did play Hell, didn't she? Ella. Yeah. But then that 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 was cheap though, because she was heavily CG'd for that. That and also she was supposed to be like an immortal god. Yeah. Like Lilith is magic, but she's not immortal. I granted, <laughs> she does she does look young for like fifty one, but I think it's more the mobility. Because if you go off the in-game Lilith, she's the one who runs around and slaps you and stuff. And... Yeah. But it How could mean... actually is Lilith supposed to be? Isn't she like mid-twenties? It could mean, nice. though, that... Um, uh, it could mean that maybe they're going for an older Lilith. Yeah, she, Lilith is late-twenties to early-thirties. Yeah, well, you know what my casting for her would be? Who? ScarJo. Oh, yeah. Like, she just looks kind of like her, to be honest. Like, I know that, like, Lilith is probably, like, a bit skinnier, but to be honest, obviously she's a cartoon. Like, she's not going to be a real- realistic, like, build for a woman. I think ScarJo has done a lot of action parts. Uh, <laughs> controversial ones, like, in Ghost in the Shell, but regardless, she's done a lot of action. Um, and I think she'd sit quite well. Mainly because she's kind of got the like every member of Borderlands is charismatic in their own way. Um, I never played any other character except from Brit, so you'll have to inform me on what it was like playing as anyone else. Um, <laughs> like, uh, like, what is her what is her personality like? Um, 
how do you describe Lilith? Uh, the only way I can describe is somewhat sassy, but not loud sassy. Mm-hmm. Under, under the breath For those who don't sassy. know, Borderlands is a video game that me and Jack were obsessed with. Who, like the re- right? Who would you cast a scooter real quick? Um. Oh god, that's such a good question. Because um, he is, he's he's the main character. Oh, I have someone in my brain who would be so good for that, and I can't remember his fucking name. What's his name? Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. <laughs> oh yeah. He's so good at scooter. Catch a ride. Catch a ride. Yeah, Steve Buscemi. Scooter is like good. a redneck from space. Who like runs the car like system in the game, and he'd be great. Steve Buscemi would be so good in that role because he's got the same build, same like he looks kind of similar facially as well. <laughs> like uh, you just have to put on an accent. Um, I think for Brick, I kind of came down on The Rock, but I don't think he'd do it because obviously his, Brick is essentially mute. Yeah. <laughs> so The Rock. Would probably not work very well. Uh, I came down on Batista. Yeah, I'd either want Batista the Rock or, if at all possible, John Cena. Um, that I didn't think of that, but yeah, that. But if at all possible, I say I want John Cena. for Nick Cage to revert to Con Air, and he would be my brick. <laughs> 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 if not, then Nick Cage can play Mordecai. <laughs> what is your issue? Why has Nick Cage got to be in the Borderlands film? I just think you, I just think his character would oddly fit. Don't you think he'd make a better Marcus Kincaid? I just think he'd oddly fit for no reason at all. <gasps> Nicholas Cage. I know who needs to play Marcus. Who's? John Goodman. Hell yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know who I mean. Yeah. Is it I'm pretty sure Marcus is based off John Goodman anyway, you know, from the Big Lebowski. Yeah, uh I think it may really maybe maybe. I think I would yeah, I think the teaser or John Cena. John Cena can be absolutely hilarious, like if you've ever seen him in blockers. Um But I, again I think he might be too charismatic and too talkative, like Drax. Is they're, very they're, similar to Brick. Like, they're, very, they're men of few words. Just going back to Marcus Kincaid, do you know, like, in terms of looks, John Goodman would be perfect. I just can't picture the voice. Oh, what? You can't? I don't know why. You're like a Russian accent. Yeah, I can't connect the voice. And I, don't know I am so sure there's a John Goodman film where he's done a Russian accent. That must Probably. exist. I'm so I feel sure. Like there, I feel like there is one, and I just cannot remember it. Either. Either John Goodman or is Rip Torn still alive? Is he dead now? <laughs> the I guy, have no clue. he's the guy who plays. Is it? Uh, it might be Z or Z in Men in Black. You know the guy in charge. Yeah, I. Uh, What's his name? Yeah, I is don't he know. still alive? You look up who's still alive. Um, I think Batista would be the best for Brick just because he has that kind of stoic man of few words thing down with Drax. So he'd work quite well as Brick. Um. um who was the guy? Sorry, who was the guy that um played uh Kingpin in the Daredevil Netflix series? Oh, I have no clue. Vincent. But yes, he would probably be a good fit. He he'd do a decent brick, I think. Yeah, I think the only would, thing yeah. is, I, ju- I just 
don't know. Another he, option for Lilith was would be like Florence Pugh as well from Midsummer. Yeah. Uh, uh, David Cross as Mordica. Which one's David Cross again? <laughs> oh my God! No, it can't be David. Oh, um, you're the worst. <laughs> um, Agent Z. Uh, or oh, sorry. Yeah, Rip Is he still is, alive? He is. No, he's not. He died last year. Fuck. Shit. Just dig him up, and he can play Marcus Kincaid. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> or we could we could just uh, deepfake his voice and make him play the voice of the Spencer. <laughs> who would oh. you do? Uh, who would you do as Roland? I would have for Roland. Um, Terry Crews is too big to be Roland. Yeah. Um, probably. You know who? Ah, you, know, you could be from Lakeith. Is that his name? Guy from Knives Out. Maybe. What's his name again? Um. Beef him up a bit. Maybe. Maybe. Um, Do you reckon Mahershala Ali? Yeah, but you, again, you'd have to beef him up. I think. Or like Travante Rhodes. Who's that again? He's from Moonlight. The. Uh... Oh, he'd be perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want him. I or think. you just go for him. Um... He's got that same gruff exterior in Moonlight that Roland has, because Roland isn't like very much of a funny man, is he? He's like yeah. really stoic and kind of doesn't take the piss with stuff. Or if you wanted the big names, then you go for like Michael B. Jordan or like Chadwick Boseman. But even yeah, then, I think I prefer the guy from Moonlight. <laughs> yeah. I, I do think it, he'd fit really well. Um, they'd probably give it to Michael B. Jordan, they probably, most likely, if they're going to cast someone. Um, I think... <laughs> George Clooney as Dr. Z. <laughs> 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 I think that'd be good. That would have, it, uh, it, would, it would be off. pretty good. I have the to agree on um, I have to agree on Hamm. your Lilith call. Yeah, I think she just would be the best, full stop. Um, um, for my Doctor Z, it'd probably be John Hamm. I think John Hamm would be a great Doctor Z, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like that suave exterior, that suave villain exterior that could, you know, like Baby Driver is a good way to show that you would be good for that role. Do you and reckon, that kind of suave bad guy. Do you reckon Lawrence Fishburne could do Roland, or do you reckon he's too old? He is way too old. He was too old when he was playing Morpheus. I was gonna say, he, get. Do you not get, remember him having like a beer gut during yeah. the Matrix? I was gonna say, get Keanu as Mordecai and then uh, Lawrence yeah, Fishburne. Yeah, that could work. Although I do think he's still a bit too old. Yeah. I'm honest. Um, I don't know who you would have in that role, though. Like, I, don't, I don't know who you could do. Who's Mordecai. like really like. <gasps> Adam Driver. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> So who who do you that reckon so for good. Handsome Jack? Ooh, Handsome Jack. Well, I mean, we're assuming that it's going to be Borderlands 2. Maybe it's only going yeah. to be Borderlands 1. Oh, I, I um, think it will only be Borderlands 1, but just, I mean, I Handsome, think we're just playing with ourselves here. Handsome Jack has to be like, like uh, fucking like Joel McHale or yeah. Ryan Gosling or, ooh, Jake Gyllenhaal would be good. Yeah. 
he'd be really good for that. Um, yeah, I think with Handsome Jack, you just need basic handsome man, but with charisma, John Krasinski might be alright. Um, yeah, there's quite a few options for Handsome Jack, actually. That would be one that would be a little bit harder to cast. Uh, um, who would we have? You could do like. Do you reckon Johnny Depp's too old for Mordecai? Oh, that'd be good, yeah. Cla- I'm obviously. Sticking. I'm sticking by Adam Driver. <laughs> you, uh, he would be cool. Uh, you could have Arnie as a uh, brick. <laughs> He's too old. <laughs> Probably. Um, <laughs> Watching him kind of hobble around in Transformers 6 was like. Uh, Transformers Terminator 6 is a little bit like. Yeah, he's too old now. And then, like, <laughs> Christina Hendricks or something as uh, Mad Moxie. Or Moxie. Yeah, pretty good casting, yeah. I think that's all you got to remember. Is it Commander Steel? Is the villain? I'm testing my child from, memory from, now. From, from Fort Knox. Well, no, no, no. Who's the normal boss? Oh, she's yeah. The other, she's the other siren. The one it? with the, the, Steel, the, the one with the grey hair, yeah. Yeah. Com- Commandant. I think she would suit uh, the person who they cast for Lilith more, to be honest. Like, or maybe that's Florence Pugh, and then we have Scarlett Johansson as well. Maybe. God, I'm missing you know, I haven't played the first Borderlands. Do you know so who like... has to play General Knox, though, don't you? Who? The guy who plays the commander in Avatar. <laughs> uh, or, yeah. Uh, or, or what's his name? The, basically, the generic war dude, Josh Brolin. As General Knox would be pretty good. <laughs> How good would that be? I'm pretty happy with that cast. Yeah, Let me, I, <laughs> I need to see what he looks like again, General Knox. And I think I think having a really basic pitch it should just be very Guardians of the Galaxy. It should just be yeah. like a bunch of lovable rogues. Doing space shit. Obviously, Ma- only Michael Caine. Michael Caine as General Knox. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Caine looks like he's like. He might die if he was to do any more things, <laughs> so I probably wouldn't. <laughs> probably wouldn't add him in it, I'm not gonna lie to you. I'd like to see Daniel Craig in it, but I don't think he'd fit at all. He, he could probably pull uh, off some yeah. weird handsome jack. Yeah, he probably could, Given his yeah. weird accent in Knives Out. I love Maybe. Knives Out, dude. Yeah. Um, I think he could also be a decent Dr. Zed as well. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm standing well, by George Clooney's Dr. Zed, man. You, you, can't, <laughs> you can't take that off me. <laughs> I think he'd make a good one. I really do. I just don't think he'd do it. Dr. I Zed. Fe- I can feasibly George see John Hamm doing it, though. In my opinion. Or David Nix. Or David Nix as Doctor Z. Who's that? Um, I can't remember uh, uh, the actual name. The uh, Hugh Laurie. Oh. He played uh, David Nix in Tomorrowland. Oh right, okay. <laughs> I'm surprised you remember, didn't remember him as Hugh Laurie. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Like, well, you could have just said House. House MD, that would have been like, oh right, yeah, yeah, he lied. I, I, I would say Tom Hiddleston could be Mordecai, or Handsome Jack. Probably, Probably not Mordecai. Yeah, I don't I'm not know. I'm the biggest fan of Tom Hiddleston, to be the honest. The only thing, I, I, t- 
Tom Hiddleston. He's got another punchable face. He can't. Uh, when? One second. Tom Hiddleston facial hair. Ew. I can't imagine him with it, let alone the fact that he Yeah, he, the, the, the mans cannot pull off the beard. No, he can't be Mordecai. Mordecai's got the most glorious goatee that I've ever seen. Yeah. He's got a little soul, he's got a little soul patch on Like, yeah. plus you've got to be able to pull off the long hair and the ponytail and stuff as well, like, which I guess Tommy Hiddleston can do. But in, then... in my opinion, my humble opinion, <laughs> I, I just think that Adam Driver, although he's a lot buffer, he's got like the lankiness to him because he's like kind of tall. Yeah. Okay, so that's what we wish we were watching, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been watching? Ooh, segue. Peter Jackson's King Kong. Okay, let's let's talk about that. What's which I on which, which I did not, which I completely forgot was three hours long. <laughs> it, is a, it is a long oh film. God. It's an enjoyable film. It's I weird. It's weird to see. One. It's weird to see Jack Black in a serious, semi-serious role. I guess. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it's a film I've always enjoyed. But um, it's not. It's like it's one you'd watch and then you won't watch it again for like another five or so years. Yeah. The only thing that gets me. I mentioned it to you before. Peter Jackson has some obsession with like slow mo, shaky cam. <laughs> and I mean, I just, that, he does yeah, it in all, he does I it mean, in all of his movies, and he overuses it all the time. He does it in The Hobbit, Lord it's... of the Rings, King Kong. <laughs> uh, it's rumored that uh, Lord of the Rings, the full director's extended version, what is it, uh, hundred hours long? The last one like is that. like four hours. <laughs> it turns out the trilogy is only one hour long if you take out all the slow <laughs> Can you imagine? So it's literally it because it, 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 in King Kong is like school. Is that school? I'll zoom in on it really slowly and shake just... it all over the place. <laughs> he's he's using a typewriter, all dramatic. I'll zoom in on the typewriter for each, for each letter. And then in Lord of the it Rings, he's like, he's going into the, the the mountain where all the dead are. I'll zoom in on the schools really slow mo and everything. Does he does he put the riddles in slow mo in the Hobbit movies? <laughs> I, uh, no, what I can't remember <laughs> what he does in slow mo in the Hobbit. It's only in the second and third one though, because it's Guillermo del Toro that pretty much did most of the first one. Really? Which is, w- yeah, which is why the first one's decent. Wait, wait. He actually like started shooting stuff because I thought he hadn't. Uh, I think only like the very start of it, but I think they oh. they were more following. I think he'd written some of the screenplay or something. I can't remember what. But then mm-hmm. they just used his screenplay, so they didn't really yeah. change much of it, which is why it's a decentish movie. And then the rest fucking suck. Okay, so my question to you is: Is that all you watched? Um. I think, I think, I think so. Okay, I have a, a small list of the things I've watched. <laughs> I'm only going to really stop on the stuff that I think is worth watching. So I watched Mother by Darren Aronofsky. Is that, wait, what? Is that his name? Oh, fuck. The I'm one with Javier Bardem. Yeah, I'm such a terrible film fan. Yeah, Darren Aronofsky. Do you want to um, know what hydrogen cyanide does to you? Nah, nah. 
I know Ed Harris is in it and like his cast name. They, like, they don't have names, do they? They just have like him, woman. Well, he's man. Adam. Yeah. He's Adam from the Bible. But like uh, woman, yeah. man. I just I like Ed Harris. I don't know why. Uh, he'd he'd make a good general oh, box. Re- really quick. Um. Woody Harrelson as Mordecai. <laughs> he's like nearly he's sixty, better, but may, he's a maybe. One for you. Or Mike he could. Sarah. <laughs> or or Woody Harrelson could be a very old scooter. <laughs> I mean, I think Steve Buscemi's older than Woody, Woody Harrelson. Probably. Anyway. I don't know. Um, sorry, I just wanted to get that. Out. So. I watched Mother. Have you seen that? You haven't? No. So, no. Uh, I keep meaning yeah, to watch it. watching it. Yeah, it's I keep fun. meaning to. Looks really nice. It's interesting. But I would recommend watching it when you know what it is before yeah. you watch it. So if you don't know, it's an allegory for the Bible, basically. Mainly Genesis, I think. Um, yeah. Once you look at it through that lens, it's a lot more enjoyable. Yeah. Um... I, I gave it like an 8, mainly because it was really well done, but I don't particularly say it's anything. Like, it's just really worth a watch because it's just interesting to see this cool like, allegory for the Bible. Um, the director's a bit of a shit heel, though, I can't say that. Bit of a creep. Um, <laughs> uh, I, wa- I watched Wild at Heart, which is my second David Lynch film. Uh, this, was, this was worse than the last one. Is it, that's the one with uh, Harrison Ford. No, Nicolas Cage. Oh, okay. What am I on about? Wait. Oh, I'm on about Call. I'm on about Call of the Wild. Oh yeah, you are. Yeah. Um, I. It's got Nick Cage in it and Ken. Uh, what's the name from Jurassic Park? Um, Laura Dern. Yeah. Uh, not not a good movie, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> I think that one's a bit more unanimous. Uh, Lynch fans won't be as angry at me for that one. But Lynch Lynch fans, honestly, I'm not going to say anything controversial, but Lynch fans... But... Another, Go sorry, on. I'm going on again. We agreed that like Willem Dafoe was like um, uh, a, a psycho. <laughs> <laughs> I can make a good Dr. Z actually. No, George Clooney is Dr. Z. <laughs> Sorry, I keep burning with it. I just keep getting new ideas. Um, I think he should play. I think he'd be a good Mordecai as well. Like, <laughs> Godspeed <good>. Zero. <laughs> it's Brent. <laughs> can you imagine? I'm something of a hunter myself. Anyway, um, sorry. You were rinsing everyone's favourite director, David Lynch. Yeah, I don't like him. The stuff I've seen, I haven't enjoyed. I'm going to watch Twin Peaks at some point. I'm going to watch, you know, all the more, like, classically known ones. And I think I'm probably going to like those. I think he just puts a lot of weird shit in for the sake of weird shit. And then people excuse it by it's like, Oh, he's taking the mick out of conventional filmmaking. I'm like, or is he just putting dumb shit in it? You know, you can't actually tell. So people just misconstrue it as being deep, and it's like, or he's just an idiot. I don't really know. I mean, I listened to the podcast of him talking to Russell Brand, and he seems like a bit of an idiot, to be honest. Um, if, if you're talking to Russell Brand, uh, 
This one's fine. Look at this one. Um, I watched um, Mortal Kombat Legends, Scorpion's Revenge, which I definitely recommend if you ever liked any kind of Mortal Kombat. Although I say that, and I liked some of the new Mortal Kombat games, so if you didn't like the new Mortal Kombat games, probably don't watch it because we don't probably have the same taste in like storyline. But if you did like 9, 10, and 11, definitely watch it. I think it's fucking awesome. It's got John McHale in as well. I always love the, uh, uh, the game stories. I think they, I think they're so yeah. good. And he, he plays Johnny Cage. I mean, it's a win-win. Just, yeah. 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 Huge recommendation for that. Um, watch The Shining. Give it a seven out of ten. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> Did you think it was uh, better than Doctor Sleep? Or yeah, better than Doctor Sleep. I, I think. Um. I think it just, I think there was a podcast I listened to and it kind of captured what I thought, which is like, I don't know how intentional a lot of the weird stuff was. Hmm. I think, to be honest, I suffered more so from getting it overhyped. Like, I'd still recommend the, watching it. It's, it's a cool, you know, The, movie, the Shining, for me, is it's a pretty escape, escapist way is the only way I can describe it. But The Shining, for me, is like a, it's a mood film. It's like a mood film. Oh, right, yeah. Like, uh, I have to be in a mood to enjoy it, to actually enjoy it. I, don't, mm-hmm. I, I, I can't really describe it very well. Basically, I'll watch it like once, and then I'll never... Really, it's not a film I'll ever really watch again. It's not a film I... Yeah, I thought the same It's way. not a film I'd go, Oh, you have to watch The Shining. I think that's often what, like, sixes and sevens are for me. They're, like, usually stuff I want to watch again. Like... That doesn't mean there's definitely some nines that I'll, I'll never watch again. Um, yo, yo, bro, just watch Ready Player One if you want to watch the <laughs> <laughs> That's the superior telling of the story. It's so much better. Um, I also watched, and this one I actually recommend. Uh, it's another Keanu Reeves song, although he's uncredited in the movie. Uh, it's called Freaked. And it's a film directed and starring Alex Winters, which is whichever one Keanu isn't in Bill and Ted. I can't remember. I think he's Bill. Yeah, Bill is Alex Winters. I can't wait um, for the new Bill and Ted. Me too. I'm really hyped for him. <laughs> um, but I would recommend Freaked. It's actually really funny. Like It's like a super sort of like I don't know, there's just there's this one joke and it absolutely kills me. There's like one or two where I was just like crying to myself. Because <laughs> it was so good. If you watch it, it's the scene where he, the kid goes to the newspaper or the scene where the plane lands and they fucking destroy me. And I actually recommend everyone watches it, even you, Jack. Like, I only gave it a seven. But it's just such dumb, funny humour. I think unless you like, you're like a bit more refined and a bit more cultured, then you probably won't enjoy it because it is really stupid jokes. But like, Keanu plays a dog boy. Like, it's just watch it. I know this is a this is a very weak link. This isn't related to films I've watched recently. But Alex Winter 
he was in that Ben 10 live action film. No, no, he directed them. <laughs> oh, did he direct them? Yeah. Can we please? Yeah, I swear he was in it as a cameo as well. I just remember pissing myself at it. But can, we, can we please rewatch <laughs> yeah, those Ben can. 10 films? I've were they good? I've never watched them before. I've never um, watched them. I cannot remember if they were good or not. So, my first time watching it. The um, first one was called like Race Against Time or something. <laughs> I genuinely, I've never, I, I never knew about them until like quite recently, to be honest. Um, but I definitely recommend it. There's one scene, and I'm going to spoil it a little bit. There's one bit where they're trying to stay quiet, <laughs> um, and this machine like sets off like alarms like crazy. But then it cuts up to the person upstairs they're trying to be quiet from, and he's watching a TV show with sirens on it. That are perfectly in sync with the machine. <laughs> <laughs> and then Alex Winters turns the master volume on the machine. <laughs> Even though it's just like the machine making noises. <laughs> You've got to watch it to understand. But then there's the bit where they, they knock over like a styrofoam cup. And the guy upstairs turns the TV off and he goes, Styrofoam cup. It's just, <laughs> you've got to watch it. I really recommend it, just because it's just such stupid humour. And if you like that, you'll probably enjoy the film. Um, I also watched Naked Lunch, which is a Cronenberg film. It was okay. Uh, it was weird and crazy and strange, because it's supposed to represent someone addicted to drugs. It's got kind of a simplistic thing going on, in my opinion. Yeah, just, yeah, take my word for it. Like. Don't take my word for it, like, watch it yourself, see what you think. Um, I think, from the sounds of it, the book that it's based on sounds way more interesting. I also watched Birds of Prey, which I actually recommend watching. I think it's fun. Don't expect it to be a deep, nuanced comic book film. Actually way funner than, you know, I expected. I haven't watched it yet, but yeah, I do really want it. I feel like it's just a... Like, uh... Well, I don't know. From what I've heard, it's just a, a, a decent suicide squad. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I yeah, describe it. Um, I also watched Ronin for the first time. Have you seen Ronin? The one with Keanu Reeves, or am I on about a different film? No, 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 you're thinking oh, of 47, 47 Ronin. Ronin. <laughs> the 47 Ronin are featured in Ronin, so, yeah. Um, Did I like 47 Ronin? It's not a very good film. <laughs> so, I swear it was awful. Yeah, it's not very good. <laughs> and Keanu's not even a main character. Like, it's one of those weird situations. Of, it's actually strange because it's not really a white savior thing. Uh, it is just like star power that they put him in there for. I recommend Ronin though. It's got some of the best fucking car chases I've ever seen in my entire life. And you know the shot from Mission Impossible Fallout? Yes. The one where he's like going through the pillars at like fucking crazy speed. Yeah. That that is taken from Ronin for sure. Uh, they do it almost identically. Uh, and the, the car chases in that film are incredible. Like the best car chases that I think I've seen in most films. The only other one that kind of amounts to the car chases in that is the Blues Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to come around to one that I think uh, I think it's a bit more we can converse about. Uh, 
blast. So I also watched Little Buddha, which is another Keanu Reeves film. Don't really recommend Little Buddha, to be honest. <laughs> well, I think this is the first time you're not recommending a Keanu film. Okay, I'm going to describe it to you and you tell me if you think it was what. Keanu plays um, Siddhartha, he plays Buddha. The historical Indian man is played <laughs> by. That's already a great selling point. <laughs> played by the Asian Hawaiian actor. Is he Asian? He's like he's some. He's like Chinese, I think. Chinese Hawaiian or something like that. Playing an Indian man, where every other Indian character is played by Indian actors, and he's browned up and he's putting on an accent. Okay. I'm not, I'm not high, I'm not exaggerating, that is genuine, <laughs> and he's not even the main character in the film, it's just like, he's in like the storybook version, there's some crazy visuals towards the end there that are fucking insane, well, there's a bit where he like, reaches out to himself in the reflection of a pool, and grabs his own arm at the pool, like he's fucking insane, some of the visuals on that, just look at that final scene. Uh, also, Keanu looks like a fucking moron in that scene, and it's hilarious. <laughs> you definitely should actually look at that scene. Don't watch the whole movie there. Um, what performance, which was just a really like, I wouldn't recommend it to be honest with you. It's just fucking boring for the most part. Like, 70s film thinks it's really fucking edgy and interesting. I just, I'm just fed up with people going, oh, it really brings up the idea of identity. I'm like, yeah, just because it, no, just because it kind of goes. Guys, did you know that identity exists? And people go, what? That's insane, this movie's so good. And it doesn't actually say anything about identity. It just goes, it exists. And I go, what? That's crazy, 10 out of 10 movie. Mad. Uh, the Irishman I finally watched. Have, have you seen The Irishman? Yeah. What did you it's, do that? Uh, I enjoyed it. I also thought um, I will never watch it again in my entire life. Yeah, me neither, to be honest. I um, don't think it was as good as Goodfellas, personally. Um, I enjoyed it though, but I, at no point in that film did I not think all the main characters are fucking old. But they're like, old as no point. shit. Okay, they, please, no point. please, Robert De Niro, stop <laughs> kicking that guy on the sidewalk. Please don't hurt yourself. <laughs> There's no point in that film in which it's believable that they're not fucking old. Like, there's no situation. They always just look like, not just in the face, even the youngest versions look fucking old. <laughs> but the way they move is always fucking old as well. Like, so I'm I not just, saying. The, the one I can't get out of my head is, is again, the sidewalk one where Robert De Niro's <laughs> balling up his fist and he's struggling to kick him on the sidewalk. It's but it's like even everything about him is old, like the way he walks, like when he's trying to chuck those guns in the river, and he, <laughs> in the, and he like hobbles off away from the river, and I'm like, fucking hell, careful. Or when he, he uh, when he shoots, when he shoots, uh, I can't remember the character's name, but the one, uh, Crazy Joey or whatever. Isn't yeah. Well, yeah. I don't, it's just like when he shoots him, and he's like constantly shaking when he does that <laughs> stuff like yeah, legit, there was no moment in that film. I, I really, honestly, would have preferred them to just cast different people for different ages. I'm not gonna lie. 
I it looks fine. I do, I do think their acting was very good though, which made better the film. I don't know. Well, I, I think know. they would have looked better because they'd have kept it to the oldest. Yeah. And the second oldest, because he looked fine when he was really old. It looked like him being really old. Surprisingly, Robert De Niro is good at playing old people. Strange. <laughs> Might have something to do with the fact that he's fucking old. Um, I, I, I was just amazed Harvey Keitel like, was in He didn't do much in it, I guess, but... Yeah, I guess he was in it for like five seconds. Yeah, but like, he's what, 80, 80-something now? Is he the oldest out of all of them? I think so, unless... He doesn't um, fucking look it. He's 80. He's like 81 or 82. Unless Joe. Unless Joe's older. I don't know. Yeah, I think... I no, Joe, Joe's 77, and... Uh, Harvey's yeah, Harvey's eighty-one. He was the oldest. Jesus, he doesn't look the oldest. He actually looks the youngest. What the hell? <laughs> um, I also watched this film called Buffalo '66, which has got Wednesday Adams in it. Uh, it's all right. You should watch. You can watch it if you want to. <laughs> it's not particularly amazing. Uh, and apparently the director's a cunt, so maybe don't watch it. You know what? Whatever flakes your boat, really, I wouldn't recommend it myself, personally. Now, the one thing I definitely want to talk about is Terminator Dark Fate. You've still not seen this film, have you? No, I haven't. I, personally, if you're a Terminator fan, I think you should watch it. Don't go into it expecting it to reinvent the wheel. But in my honest opinion, it's cool enough and different enough to warrant being watched and appreciated. How? Uh, because it actually... Sorry, go on. Wow, how how's the CG and special effects? In? It's actually good. Yeah. Right, that, do like... you remember the trailer I showed you? Yeah, I think it was actually the color correction on that that was bad. Yeah, it it, um, it did. It I think like I think that's what put I think that's what put most people off was that trailer. Mm-hmm. It, I think the color correction hadn't been done on it. It was like a TV yeah. movie because of it. That's fine. Besides that though, I mean, selling points. I'm gonna just lay them out there. <laughs> the main one for me is that it it really does apply time travel logic, and it completely gets rid of three, four, and five. It's just one, two, six. It's the like logic line of this film. Mm. Um, I think. Uh, wow, what's her name now? Linda Hamilton is really good in it. I think she's still. She's just still Sarah Connor. Like, it's like she never left, kind of thing. And I think that was really cool. Um, uh, also, Yorkie from San Junipero is jacked? Question mark. <laughs> um, and that is honestly a selling point because she's just so jacked, dude. She just like comes in the room and she's like barely fitting through doorways. Like, I need to save you. <laughs> and she just decimates, like decimates Terminator left, right, and centre. Um, no, I think it's really cool. I'm not going to ruin it because I think you should watch it and talk yeah, about I it. Try and watch it. it in the next week with Emily, and we'll yeah. talk about it next week because I want to know what you think. Um, and the Terminator, the new kind of Terminator that they went for, is actually really interesting. See the one that like multiplies. Yeah. So you've already seen it. Yeah. Essentially, it's the, the there's a frame underneath. And this liquid metal outer casing that can become two separate terminators. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of cool. It, it's unique. It's the first time they've done it. 
and it works in my opinion. Um, the only thing I wish they'd done is make it so that like that was effectively a weakness for it, but they don't, they don't really do that. But it doesn't ruin the film. I just think it would have been an interesting like tactile element of it. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, that's everything I watched in the last week. Uh, so yeah. Next week we're going to talk about Stalker specifically, but I think we're going to talk a little bit about Terminator as well. So I would recommend watching it. I'll be able to watch one and two. Uh, I'll be able to watch a lot more after next Monday. Okay. Then I'm done with uni. You and Emily should definitely watch Terminator Dark Fate though, for sure. Yeah. I want to talk about it next week. For people at home, if you've not watched one and two, um, probably end your life because <laughs> you're missing out. Um, joking, please watch one and two and then watch six. We for also full appreciation. We also, it's kind of unrelated, kind of not just because Big Mailman. We need to rewatch the Robocops and then the one that came out in the. Was it like 20, 2014? I'm down for that because I have a very controversial opinion surrounding Robocop. Like, very, I, very controversial. I, I cannot stand, I don't know what it is about him, but I can't stand Joel Kinnaman. Yeah, neither can I. Fucking hell, him playing. Uh, What's his name? What Jack Flag? What's his name? In Suicide Squad? Yeah. I didn't I, like him in pretty much anything I've yeah, ever seen him in. I don't. He doesn't remind he, me of a crackhead. He, he's in Old Carbon and I don't, I don't like him in that. He was like, like alright. Yeah. I never finished Old Carbon. I'll just get out of there. <laughs> I, I, I just. I never finished I season two either. <laughs> I can't. I don't like Joel Kinnam. And he was one of the main reasons why yeah, I just stopped watching. That's so weird. He's right so away. jacked in Alt Carbon, but his head still looks like a crackhead's head. So yeah. He's just got a crack crackhead's but, face. But like, did, did you watch the Robocop 2014? Uh, yes, I've watched yeah, both he, that and the he, original. I don't want to watch Robocop 2, if I'm honest. Apparently, it's the yeah. best. I, but if, I think we should do more of like a comparison of one and uh, sorry, one and the remake. I think. Yeah. Um, but it's, I, I think with Joel Kinnaman, it's just like he all every time he's he acts, he always plays a cunt. And I genuinely think he's a cunt yeah. IRL, but I don't know. Mm, yeah, sometimes I do wonder like when people are really good at playing like shitty human beings. I do wonder sometimes like is there a reason you're good at that? Because like I don't think I've ever seen Keanu be capable of playing like a shitty person. Like, even in fucking the one with the model by Nicholas Winding Refn, what's it called again? Uh, Models Eat People movie, I can't remember what it's called. Uh, even in that, uh, yeah. he's supposed to be a dick creep, and he's like, not that much of a dick creep. He's kind of cute, as always. When is Keanu not cute? Is it possible? Yeah. Probably not. <laughs> we'll it's, end on... It's one of the... We'll end on a hate of, of Joel universe. Kinnaman, yeah. A That's... hate of Joel Kinnaman, but... whatever it's... Wasn't Joel he in Hannah? Whatever his fucking name is. Joel huh? Kinnaman. Wasn't he in Hannah? Oh, actually, yeah, that's the only thing I like him in, actually. I was going to say, so. you liked Hannah, didn't you? I, I just think he's okay in that. Like, he doesn't. Yeah. I don't know. It's just his face. He's to me. so antagonistic. To me, he's just a budget. Um. Uh. John Hamm? No. What? Uh, wait. Pacific Rim cast. To me. Uh, he is a budget Charlie Hunnam, Hunnam sorry. And I oh, right, why. yeah, no, I see what you mean now. I thought you were going to say Charlie Day. It's, it's, like, like, oh, it's like, why have.
Joel Kinnaman when you could have Charlie Hunnam. But Charlie Hunnam no. at the same time can't seem to pick He's the terrible. best films. He's yeah. such a <laughs> he, he can't seem to pick the best of things, okay? Um, the, the person I... The better version of Mark... Uh, what's his name? Charlie Hunnam? Yeah. The better version of him is uh, Jack Rayner from Sing Street. Have you watched that? No. Have you seen Transformers 4? Yes. He's the boyfriend of the girl. Yeah, he was also in Midsummer. I like Jack. Yeah, I like Jack. Yeah, 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 he was. I like Jack Rayner quite a lot. I think he's great. Um, so let's end it. Let's end on our mutual yeah. love of Jack Rayner, uh, our mutual hate of Joel. Wait, Kinnaman. What's his fucking name? Joel Kinnaman, Charlie. Joel, Joel Kinderman. Uh, <laughs> um, and our mutual love of Keanu Reeves, a beautiful human being. Uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll do one of his films at some point. All right, it's been it's been a really nice episode. I've enjoyed this one. It's been nice and relaxed. Not felt too tense, and we talked about a lot of interesting stuff. I think. Yeah, this uh, is a community Borderlands 1970. Yeah, there's a lot of shit in this episode. <laughs> hate, hate for just random people for no reason at all. Pretty much everything we talked about in this in this show, recommend watching, and you'll appreciate yeah. the episode a lot more. All right, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next week. Bye bye. <laughs>